Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Right, let's dig into cricket. Australia, a convincing 419-run win over the West Indies, rolled for 77, their lowest score here in Australia. So many positives to take out for the Aussies, but still quite a few questions as well on all fronts heading into the South African series. Joining me this morning from SEN's cricket commentary team and Channel 7, of course, a 56-test player for Australia, Simon Kadich is on the line. Morning, Simon. Good morning, Matt. Thanks for your company this morning. Your, your, your takeaway from this convincing win against the Windies, they just didn't have the fight in the end and they crumbled for 77. It's kind of a real pity the way that it petered out. Yeah, it certainly is. It's not a great advertisement for Test cricket, seeing them play the way they do, given where they came from You know, 30 years ago when they were dominating world cricket. So it is very sad to see them at this point in time. But Australia are very hard to beat at home and, and they did everything right. They can only play against who they're coming up against. And obviously the batsmen made merry against what was a pretty undermanned or very undermanned West Indies attack. And then the bowling was as good as I've seen here in Australian conditions. Obviously the West Indies didn't put up a lot of fight, as Craig Brathwaite alluded to uh, yesterday in Adelaide. So they were disappointing opponents. I think South Africa will certainly be a, a much tougher opponent. They've got their own issues to deal with, you know, and quite an inexperienced batting lineup compared to teams they've brought to these shores in the past but what they do have is some firepower with the ball and I dare say they'll be more of a threat with the ball in hand than certainly the West Indies were. We've been having a bit of a discussion Kat this morning on you know what was it worth it for the West Indies to play that two test series and was it worth it for Australia to host that now you can argue sort of back and forth on that one but obviously to become better you have to play the best along the way and we're not just going to scratch them out because they're not up to the class of Australia. But were they interested? Did you see enough fight in them, in their body language, in, in what they were trying to achieve to justify, you know, playing a test match at that level? You, you've surely got to dig a little bit deeper, don't you? Yeah, look, I think we certainly saw fight from them with the bat, particularly both innings in Perth. To a lesser extent in Adelaide, there was a little bit of fight shown in the first innings from a number of them. Young Chandipal fought hard all series. Craig Brathwaite fought really well in Perth and played beautifully there. He found it tough against the pink ball in Adelaide, and that was always going to be their biggest challenge. They'd played three pink ball tests leading into that Adelaide test, with none from three. Australia were 10 from 10. So it was, you know, it was a no match, really, in that respect. And their batsmen found it tough against the, the pink ball, particularly with the quality of our bowling. I mean, Stark's bowling well, bowling bowled beautifully. Nisa did a great job in line. We know what his record's like in, in Adelaide. He's, he's the best ever wicket-taker in, in uh, Adelaide. So, look, it was tough for their batting. Um, but, yeah, realistically, they showed some good fight in Perth. But the biggest disappointment, and we've always watched them over the years, they've always had quicks and they've always... You know, prided themselves on that. They only had one guy bowling over 140 k's an hour, and that was Alzari Joseph. The rest mm. of them were bowling medium pace. This Australian ta- batting lineup would have got a greater challenge facing some of the club bowling lineups around the country than, than what they served up. It was military medium at best. They had no front line spinner. 
and the boys filled their boots, which is all they can do. You, you can't blame them for that. Um, it's, it's who they were coming up against. But your South Africans will have a totally different balance to their bowling lineup, particularly if they play all their four quicks and Keshav Maharaj, the spinner. So that's what they have done re- recently uh, in England uh, when they won at Lords. But um, yeah, whether they feel like they can go in with the keeper batting at six, it'll, it'll make it probably a, a quite an inexperienced top six. Just one takeaway from the West Indies. I mean, if I, you know, in in a year or so and I try and remember this series, I'll go, well, unfortunately there were crowds. There was all that off-field stuff with Warner's leadership um, and then there was the stunning performance by the Aussies. But the, the takeaway from the Windy side is young Chanderpaul and you referenced him. I mean, I guess the good thing, Cat, is that we got to see the start of hopefully what will be one heck of a career. If he's anything like his dad going forward, then we know what's coming. But... The swagger will come. He's only young, but the timing and the touch is there. Yeah, look, he, he looked a class above most of the other players in that team. And he, he was on debut and playing his second test in Adelaide and came off runs in Canberra. He got 100 there and I think 50-odd in the second innings. Uh, and then he ran himself out in that first innings when he looked really good. So, yeah, there's some really good signs for them there. They've got a very good opening pair in, in the captain, Brathwaite, who's a very good player. He played well in Perth couldn't match it in, in Adelaide. But the two openers look good. I think there was certainly fight shown from a number of other players. I thought Joseph, you know, he played a lone hand while he didn't get a lot of wickets. He was always running in hard and trying to unsettle the Australians, particularly Labuschagne in that second innings in Perth. But you can't do it all on your own. They, they need to find a genuine test match spinner. They need to find another couple of quicks that can, you know, back Joseph up. Um, Roach was disappointing. Holder was Bitterly disappointing. He, he didn't really turn up with that all ball. Um, and, and questions will be asked about where he's at with his test career, having been a former captain. And then, obviously, the other guys that came in, you know, one of them just stepped off the plane, got injured in Minley, and young Anderson Phillip uh, struggled in, in Adelaide. So what do they do? Uh, you know, form is going to come and go. We understand that. Um, class players are going to come and go, and we understand that as well. But if you're a, a travelling roadshow, if you're the roadshow that is the West Indies at the moment and you're landing in people's backyards, it, it's very hard. It's a hard sell. So something's going to have to give. Does it fall back on the West Indian program? Does the ICC have to go, hang on, you've got to sharpen your game? You've got to you know, find some more bullets in the tank, so to speak, or bullets in the chamber? H- how do they address it? Yeah, it's probably a variety of things. Obviously, the, the West Indies Cricket Board will be looking into it all after what happened in the World Cup because they, they didn't even qualify for that, which is you know amazing given that they're two-time champions and they've got some of the best T20 players in the world when you go around all the leagues. So, And their players are highly sought after. So they'll be looking at what's going on within that camp, um, whether they were as prepared as they can be, well-prepared as they can be. Um, what the attitude and culture of the group's like. So there'll be some big questions being asked. Phil Simmons is finishing up as coach. So they've got some big changes to make. But obviously, with Test cricket, they're going to have to obviously look at how they're identifying and and then developing that next lot of talent that's coming through. Uh, It's been hard for them because obviously over the last couple of years of COVID, there hasn't been a lot of first-class cricket. So, look, it's not all doom and gloom. They've played pretty well in 2022 in Test cricket, particularly at home and and against some of the lesser nations. So they're certainly not the worst in the world. But what we saw served up here in these last two tests, you know, in Australia against Australia, yeah, wasn't, was way below par and probably where, way below where they want to be in test cricket. 
David Warner, like everybody, we spoke about it last week. The leadership uh, issue continues to bubble along. However, I reckon what Steve Smith said yesterday on both fronts was right. A, it was fundamentally wrong, and B, he's done and dusted with that situation. So let's park the leadership thing because that ain't happening. However, there is the form question around Davey Warner. How, what does David Warner have to do to keep his spot in the test team? That The runs have been lean. Look, I think he's going to have a fair bit of leeway because, you know, given his record in Australia, it's been strong over the last, you know, decade. Uh, and he has obviously missed out in these first few tests. I just wonder whether, you know, the opposition that, that was here, you know, maybe didn't get up for it. Maybe it's just, you know, he is having a tough time of it now. And at 36 years of age, you know, time is catching up with him. And, and it happens to all players. Um, you know, he's played a huge amount of cricket. Yeah, a big question for him now is how he's going to cope against the South African attack that's got probably three or four guys in a, a capable bowling, you know, 140k plus. Um, you know, Nagidi's probably not as quick, but there's three of them there that are genuine quicks in Rabada, Norkia, and uh, Anson. So that'll be the challenge for him. And then only he can know the answer of where the finish line's at. He's already spoken about it recently. So the fact that he's probably mentioned that means that potentially it's, it's closer than we think with India and England coming up, but only he knows that. And, um, you know, he's been a fantastic player for Australia. Whether he can get himself up for this, this challenge against South Africa, um, we'll soon find out. It's normally the first sign, isn't it, mate? Once, once there's a little bit of verbalisation of, of the end, it, it may not be, you know, right around the corner, but it's normally the first sign from, from a leading athlete and from a high-profile uh, high athlete that, that he is at least starting to think about it. All right, final one for you. If Pat Cummins and Josh Hazelwood are good, they both come in and therefore Boland and Nisa go out. If, if one of them is, is not there, <laughs> who do you keep? Oh, without doubt, Boland stays in the team. And I think even if Hazelwood comes up, and it sounds like he's not going to be ready for the Gabba, but even if he comes up, I actually think Boland keeps his spot based on how he's bowling and the fact that he's probably better prepared. Hazelwood, there was a concern in Perth around the quicks coming into that series not having played a first-class game, and it hasn't been a surprise to see a couple of them go down injured because it's a totally different ball game playing test cricket compared to playing ODIs or T20 cricket, and they just didn't have the volume in them. And then Pat Cummins you know, hurt his thigh, and then Hazelwood's hurt his side. So I think it's no surprise to see. Um, obviously, Stark's managed to get through. But, yeah, in terms of Boland and Nisa coming in, they both had, you know, good quality shield cricket under their belt before that test, and both of them bowled beautifully. And I see no reason why Boland goes out of the team now. He's, he's earned his spot in that team, and there's every chance for him to keep it all summer. Yeah, it was a, it was a wicked spell, wasn't it? Just uh, he, He's got that knack of creating those, those wonderful moments, and he did it again with, what, three for none in that over, which was just extraordinary. Good on you, Cat. Thank you, mate. Looking forward to the next test, or the first test against South Africa, starting later this week at the Gabba, and we'll hear you right here on SEN and 7 as well. Thanks for your time this morning. My pleasure.